Long before I was narrating podcasts. In fact, before I had any job in the world of entertainment. I spent a decade as a youth worker, including a period of time working with young offenders on their journey of rehabilitation. The prison world they'd left behind always fascinated me. What had they learned? What might hold them in good stead for the future? And what could I learn from their experience? I'm Ben Bailey Smith, and this is A Prison's Guide To, the podcast series all about unearthing life lessons, not from CEOs, entrepreneurs and celebrities, but from one of the most overlooked sources of inspiration, the staff behind the brick walls and barbed wire fences, the people who make up the prison service across England and Wales. Each week, we'll be sharing lessons we've learned from speaking to these individuals, lessons on conflict resolution, on teamwork, and on taking a leap of faith. But first, this week, we're offering a guide to second chances. When we mess up in life, we all want to feel secure in the knowledge that we can atone for what we've done. That said, finding it within ourselves to forgive mistakes we've seen from others, that can be tough. Over the last month, ACAST Creative, along with HM Prison and Probation Service, have been speaking to prison staff and former prisoners to find out from them how you ask for that second chance, and also how you can find it within yourself to grant the same to others. This week's episode is an insight into the hope and faith in redemption we've heard from prison workers across England and Wales. You see, far from what the media depict, prison, whilst a tough, tough environment, can contain hope. And sometimes, prison doesn't just give prisoners a chance at something new. It could be a life-changing opportunity for its employees too. The first voice you'll be hearing today is Ali, governor at HMP Wayland. Whilst you don't need qualifications or specific education to enter the prison service, Ali started out as a graduate entrant and has worked in roles from officer all the way up to governing governor. She's worked in nine prisons as well as in government with ministers and has worked to oversee through the gate services into the community. All of that and she's had two children during that time. For Ali, one thing has remained throughout her dedication to restoring the lives of the prisoners in her care. She begins by telling us why she started working at the prison and why she's such a good dinner party guest. Before I joined, I went to a wedding and sat next to somebody who said, why on earth would you want to work in the prison service? Like, awful things happen. And my view was, yeah, but those awful things might be happening whether or not I'm working there. If I'm working there, it gives me an opportunity to potentially make a difference. So I joined in um, 2000 um, and I joined as a graduate entry and I remember distinctly still that the advert campaign was about murderers, rapists, robbers, but they're all people, could you work with people? And there were two main things that I was considering. One was working for prison service and one was training to be a social worker and I got offered both. But the reason I decided to join the prison service is because I wanted to start working rather than doing more study and that every stage of the selection process was really about that interaction. And I guess it means that I'm a good, like, dinner party guest. In that if people ask me what I do, it then ends up in being quite a long conversation. There are challenges about working in the prison service. So I love my job so much and feel so committed to it that it's sometimes really difficult to, like, go home on time or switch off. When it comes to the rehabilitation of prisoners, 
Ali knows the importance of taking an interest in who the prisoners are and where they've come from. One of the times when I've seen somebody change the most has been when I was at Gartree, there was a long-term prisoner who, when he started his time with us, was quite violent. And staff developed a relationship with him and really got to know him. And from that understood that one of the things causing pain in his life was that he had a long-lost brother. We managed to apply restorative justice approaches to be able to find his brother and then arrange for them to meet. And I think that that restored faith for that individual prisoner that people were interested enough to help him and really see that through in a bit of a longer-term piece of work, but then also meant that he then had another family member in his life as a brother who was a really important protective factor in his ongoing assistance journey. What we normally do within, with prisoners, we kind of focus on their education and skills training and offending behaviour programmes. And all of those things are really important to help people get a job and housing on release that's sustainable. But the things that help people stop committing a crime are often the personal and psychological things. So for him, having a family member in his life who cared about him, who was somebody that he could phone up when like things go really badly to say, help, I don't know what to do about this situation, that really important personal supportive relationship could be the difference between him committing offence and not committing an offence. Ali has learned to not be judgmental. She's developed a useful skill looking for the positives in people, even when they feel impossible to find. I think it makes you pragmatic, but I also think that it working in prisons nurtures a skill I think I already had, but you practice it every day, which is also seeing the light in the darkness, because people think about prisons as being really dark places, but every single day there are lights and hope, and the job is all about nurturing that light and that hope and that seed to create good things out of what everybody thinks of being a really dark place. Anybody can end up in prison. It takes a split-second decision or not even making a decision. A kind of sequence of events that can mean that somebody, something happens, there's an incident, and somebody ends up being sent to prison. So I think the first thing is it's really important for people not to be judgmental about prisoners. And as well as remembering that you can, you know, a split-second leads to a conviction and a crime. There's also a lot of people in prison on remand at any time who haven't yet been found guilty. And all of those people are people, you know, citizens in our country. They're somebody's son, they're somebody's daughter, somebody's brother, and they're quite often fathers of children. So it's in everybody's interest to understand what's led to them to get there, help them find a better way forward, but also kind of hopefully use the learning about how they've got there to actually invest in our society to try and prevent those situations arising as well. Next up, you'll be hearing from Jay. Having been a young offender himself, Jay knows all too well what the criminal justice system looks like from both sides. But the experiences he had growing up and the chance he had at redemption have left him well aware of how to both fight for your own second chance and help others find theirs. I became a young offender, I believe I would have been between the years of 21 and 24. It was a period of time where I was going through 
my own kind of power struggles in life in general. One of my wobbly patches. It was a matter of, uh, look at yourself, Jay. You know, what do you do about it? I wouldn't take anything away from, from what happened. But one thing I can take from then is that I love the feeling and knowing that there is the possibility and the cash. Everybody has the capacity to make a difference in any of the choices that they may have made. They can choose to really transform or reform. So many other things can be uh, blossomed or, or gained uh, when you share your energy in different ways. And once I basically channeled my energy elsewhere, things progressed. From young offender to prison officer, for Jay, things all clicked into place when he joined the prison service. The next realistic changing point for me was when I actually began within the services, probation services. That was a real eye-opener and awareness point for me. That's done wonders for me. And I'm liking the fact that I can still have room to learn more. When the opportunity came that I would be accepted as a candidate for Her Majesty's services at the time, it was a great little mini honour for me. You know, I felt like a little James Bond. As a young black British male, I was just like, OK, now it all makes sense. As a prison officer, we can help people find their own tools to help them be perceived differently by others. You are doing the service and doing your, your, your duties and you're seeing the effects. When I see the progression of one prisoner from one period to another, progression within his own behaviour, his academia, within his fitness or, or progression within his own mindset, you know, that can happen from a conversation within, for example, 10 minutes or a 10-week period or, or some, in some cases for colleagues, 10 years. Every aspect can be rewarding. Coming full circle, Jay finds joy in giving prisoners that same second chance he had, even if it's not always possible. I would like to see my journey and growth as a legacy. If there's anything that as a human being we deserve, we deserve at least the option of a second chance. We're born as humans to evolve and develop anyway, to think anyway, to progress. You know, the natural evolution is to move or to change. Without that chance or without that option or capacity, then... It's looking bleak, if, if, if that's the case. It is not just the, the bolts and bars and the, and the security cameras and the dog wardens or the dogs, etc. It's people. It's the dynamics of the people within there. It's fun. <laughs> it's, it's weirdly fun. It's weirdly fun. Baba Femi is a governing governor at HMP Gartree. His career spans over 30 years and has seen him help countless people but he's come a long way from the man who first entered Pentonville in 1987. My feelings when I walked through the prison service and the gates of Pentonville, I was petrified. I never had any idea about prison apart from the ones you watch on telly. And of course, when you think about the films about prisons in telly, they don't tell you about rehabilitation, they tell you about other things that, are, that make you nervous. And, and when you go into prison and just see people in custody, your first impression is, wow. Obviously, they've been convicted for the various things. You don't know what the crime is, but you always think about the worst. And there was me, especially as a black person, African, who's only just been in the country for about a year and now in the prison service. I mean, for the first six months at work, I was questioning myself 
if this was a job for me because this was just well way out of my comfort zone. It's been quite a ride for Baba Femi, working in nine prisons and seeing countless examples of both prisoners who left his establishments to grasp a new beginning and those who sadly found their way back to being in his care. All of the prison staff play a crucial role in the rehabilitation of prisoners. It starts on day one, and this work changes lives both inside and outside of the prison. We asked Baba Femi if he believes that everyone deserves a second chance. Do we think prisons can be a place where there can be a second chance in life? Absolutely. I have worked in nine prisons, and I've worked with different kinds of prisoners, you know, there is an expectation out there, lock them up, there is no rehabilitation in prison. Yes, we do lock them up. And yes, it's very difficult to change everyone who goes into prison. But I think what is fundamentally important is that everyone's contribution working in the prison service is all about towards working through rehabilitation. From the moment the prison officer unlocks a, member, a prisoner to go to work, to go to education, that is the beginning of rehabilitation. On a personal note, I believe that every day I go to work, I am doing something and giving opportunities for anyone in custody to try and change lives. For every prisoner we change and touch, we are limiting the hurt and the impact of crime on the members of the public. And the reality is in prisons, we should always give opportunities. We should always give hope because if we don't give opportunities, if we don't give hope, then obviously we can't change lives. And if we don't change lives, then we're not serving the community and the public we live in. Suicide Watch, or Constant Watch, is an intensive monitoring process used to ensure that a prisoner cannot attempt suicide. You see, some prisoners can't see an opportunity for a better life, and at times, it can be the prison staff who make the difference. I had a prisoner that was always on constant watch. I'd been on constant watch for two and a half years. Was doing everything to try and kill himself. And we worked on him. I decided that we, ca we have to end the cycle. And I told him, I said, this has got to change. We want to work with you. We'll put a system for support in place. No one wanted to risk uh, taking him off in case he killed himself. But I didn't think putting someone on constant watch forever was dealing with the risk. One day we will have to be released. So actually we have to manage how we change his behavior. And we did. I mean, I've been in Gatry now for, for three years. That prisoner in particular has not been on constant watch or self-harm since then. In fact, he's one of our cleaners and education mentors in the education department. Hopefully he will go to the parole board and they can see some great strides is made in his life and also to his family because his family gave up on him. Um, I got the family back involved with him. Uh, spoke to the mother personally. You know, when he when I told the parents that he's now a mentor in education, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. And hopefully, you know, one of these days, one of these years, he'll be released and can go back to his family. No, this will not be in the news. This will not be something people will say we're doing a fantastic job because... We do that every day in the prison service, but we don't do it for other people to know. We do it because we believe in it. Every time I go around the prison and I see him, I take my time to speak to him. And part of that is actually the pride that I have for what we've done to turn his life.
around. Whilst we've heard from those who have been tasked with prisoner rehabilitation, we also need to hear from the other side. How do prisoners feel that staff and the rest of us can best help someone strive for a better life? You're about to hear from Theran, a former prisoner we spoke to recently. After working in the legal profession, Theran found herself in prison in 2018, away from her family and scared. She shared with us how that felt. How was the first day? Traumatising. I can still picture it. I can picture everything. Just gives you a reality check on life and what's important. There was a lot of stuff going on back home. My husband turned to addiction. The kids were so small. The first time they came to see me, they didn't want to come near me. It's like they had forgot me. So to me, it was like, how am I going to re rebuild that? How am I going to put my family back into order again? How am I going to get the trust back of my husband? How am I going to build that relationship? So it's not easy. It's, I was 42 when I was released. So I had to start all the way again. However, Theran also learned something else on the inside. How not to judge others for the mistakes they've made. Her experience in prison has had an impact that will last a lifetime. And she's learned a valuable lesson. It's changed me as a person in the sense that I'm not judgmental. Whereas before, because I was in a professional background, it was like, that's an offender. That's it. It doesn't matter what their background is, nothing. But now, having been there, I don't judge. I've got more sympathy for people now. For those of you out there considering what a career in the prison service could look like for you, we asked Theran what prisoners need from staff who they deal with every day. I think it's really important for prisoners to have close relationships or, or warm relationships with prisoners and for prison officers to make time for inmates to listen to them because they might not know what an inmate's going through. They might be quiet on the inside, but they might be struggling a lot. So it's really important for prison officers to make time. Now I'm working for a council and I'm an employment advisor. So I'm helping people who are probably once in my situation without work, who were struggling, there were so many barriers in their life, getting back into work. Um, and if it's not work, getting any kind of qualification, training, confidence building, anything I can to get them to where they want to be in life. I think there's always a lot of prejudice around crime, the causes of crime and the people who commit crime. So it can be very difficult to understand the human side of things. The understanding that when a person does something wrong, it doesn't necessarily make them as a person wrong, you know? It's a point of view you almost have to mature into taking on board. Because a person does something wrong, it does not mean they are evil, <laughs> necessarily, you know? That is not something that goes without saying. It's something that we need to learn. For me, it's about trying to preempt any of those negative emotions with one very positive one. Understanding this person has done something that we don't like, but before we fly off the handle or turn our back on them, it's always 100% of the time worth asking why. Why did this thing happen? What led this person to do this thing that you consider a mistake? Every single person who makes a mistake at least at least deserves that question to be asked. And you know, if you find that question has 
reprehensible answers and there's, there's no redeeming qualities that's still your opinion but at least you ask the question but i think for me the first thing is why 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 People across the prison service can have a range of experiences, duties and routes in. However, what's clear is that to do their job, you have to believe in second chances. You have to believe in redemption. And you have to maintain hope that you can be a positive change in someone's story, facilitating a better future for their life. And really, that's not just a lesson for prison staff. That's a lesson for all of us. We're not defined by the mistakes we make, nor are those around us. And most importantly, we can facilitate change through offering support to each other. Now we're going to reintroduce you to Baba Femi with a story that best exemplifies just that. When I was governor of Featherstone, I remember clearly a young prisoner who had very negative views about prison. They told me, oh, nothing's here for me. I said, well, look around this prison. I said, you're in a Cat C trainer prison. You've got a massive workshop in the prison with vocational qualifications. There's a lot of opportunities. We're getting good work with employment agencies to provide opportunities for those on release. And I said, look, why don't you go to education and talk with the employment agency about some of the opportunities with the companies coming in because we do have, bring them in once in a while. He said, no, it's stressed, Governor. I've been in all, all my life in prison. No one's done anything for me. I said, okay, look, I'm the governor. I'm not promising you anything, but I'm telling you, why not give it a go? I mean, if, you, if it doesn't work, at least you know you tried. So he applied few months later, I saw him. I looked at him and he came to me and said, Governor, I've got my certificate. And I was like, whoa, okay. And he said, yeah, yeah, it worked, Governor. I came. I'm getting ready for release now. And I've been told I can went on release. I'll be interviewed to work in Timsons. And I remember a year later, we had a meeting in Stafford with other governors. And it was lunchtime, so we went into Stafford City Centre to have a meal. I just heard someone shouting, Mr. Dada, Mr. Dada. So I looked around, I'm thinking, who is this person? Who's calling my name? I could not see who was calling me out. And then I just felt this breathless person behind my back holding me my hand, saying, Governor. And that changed. I went, oh, all right. How are you? What are you doing here? He said, Governor, Governor. No, I, oh, thank you. I'm so, it's so nice to see you. My life has changed. I'm getting married next week. I'm settled, I've got my own house, and I've got my store there. Please, let's go to my store. And I went to his store. There were about three or four customers that they left in the store to run after me. And they just kept telling them, this is my gaffer, this is my gaffer. You know, it was the governor of my prison that made me think twice about my life. They said, governor, look at me, I'm, I'm now running this stall, and I'm running another one in, in Stoke. You know, this has changed my life. Featherston changed my life. And my chat with you changed my life. I am so grateful for the job I do. Because, you know, we not only 
changed his life, we changed his family's life, he's settled, and importantly, there's no crime of his that will ever hurt anybody, ever, because he's changed. And that will always be in my heart till I die, because it was good to see someone take advantage of what we have in prison. And he was always one of those people that had good stories that prisons did not make him worse, they made him better. And there can't be anything better than that. So it's clear from listening to Theran and Ali, Jay and Baba Femi, that being in the prison service is all about people. Understanding people, why we do the things we do. And understanding and working with them without judgment, with a hope towards a positive outcome. We can't pretend everyone finds a new start in prison. The reality is that for many, the cycle is going to continue and they'll leave their establishment still suffering from the same demons they had previously. We know that. And likewise, we can't pretend the life in the service brings with it daily stories of inspiration like you heard today. Because in reality, we know there'll be mundane days of admin just like at any job. But what a unique opportunity to make a real difference to people's lives. And as we also heard from Baba Femi, sometimes someone just needs the resource, an opportunity to better themselves so they can turn their life around, even when it's someone we never expected. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to tune in to the rest of the series where we'll be covering guides to conflict resolution, workmates and taking the leap. If you'd like to find out more about working for His Majesty's Prison and Probation Service, search online for prison jobs. <laughs>